0: All right, what's up everybody? (laughs) Welcome to Simply Cyber Live. Today is Friday, October 20th, 2023. This is episode number 477 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Brief. I am your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier in the A-hole chair, joined in the B-hole chair by one James McQuigan. And over the next 45 minutes, me, you, James, CCW, Sharice Slam, Stephanie Strauss, Funky Monk, Kenneth Ruff, Carrie in the church, Haircut Fish blowing it up with the first-time uh, t- a message in here. BSEC eating it all up in here. Space Tacos dropping the love. Robert Mars, Philip Martin, Nick Barker, Jesse Johnson, if they're awake, uh, kicking it here in Deadwood. We're all going to be shredding the top cybersecurity news stories of the day. And we'll be giving our expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories, on what it means to you as a practitioner, so how can you operationalize it this week or this month at work, and if you are a looking to break into the industry, trying to uh, you know crack in, dude, there's going to be so much value for you here. Believe that. You're going to be asked in any job interview, how do you stay current in the industry? You're going to need to grind and like once you get the job you're basically gonna have to keep doing this so the daily cyber threat brief is your one-stop shop for all that plus the networking is amazing look at look at all these people over here they know what's up what's up yes Kali uh, uh khalia with the the oprah emotes that's what it's there for squad members thanks so much shout out to jack scott and erica mcduffie kicking it on the travel but making it into chat live love it love it love it safe travels ladies on your way in now before we dig into the show i do want to say shout out and thanks to the stream sponsors who enable me and james to bring this show to you uh we're going to try to refresh the page and see if we can get a you know post 1999 website uh doesn't look good so we'll pretend it's uh (laughs) web 1.0 shout out to barricade cyber solutions barricade cyber solutions is dedicated to um helping businesses from cyber attacks and recovering from the damage done cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated hard-working business owners into turmoil but barricade cyber solutions eric taylor casually joseph the crew over there they know how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents believe that come on now check them out at barricade links in the description below also want to say shout out and love to panopsi security all if you need to get your information security program on rails from reactive to proactive, if you need someone to come in and set you up with success on how to go from ad hoc to, you know, like more mature of an infosec program, put put guardrails around, help you speak to um, management and get budget, those type of things. Penopsi security is awesome. They're, think of them as left of boom, one stop shop. Go to panopsy.com, check them out. Uh, Brandon Poole, I'm, a, I'm on the board of advisors for Penopsi, so this isn't just like a, a marketing push, like I know what they're doing, I believe in what they're doing, I'm a, fa- a fan and a friend of Penopsi. thanks for the stream sponsor. Also shout out and love to Anti Siphon, but more about them at the mid-roll, uh, very germane, uh, I would say, since they're putting on Wild West Hack and Fest and straight crushing it, not to push FOMO on anybody, but it's been freaking awesome. If you go into the Discord chat, you'll see on the all-conference talk, I did a, a photo dump, all, all my photos on my phone, uh, and we'll get into more about that during the mid-roll if you'd like. Now, I wanna remind each of you that every episode of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Brief Podcast is worth half a CPE. So um, say what's up in chat, take a screenshot, file it away, And when it's time to do CPEs, you'll have, you know, two and a half a week, 10 a month, whatever it is, you're going to get more than enough to cover whatever the certification body requires you to have. And you're going to love it. And guys, like spoiler alert for anyone who's, you know, an old or got gray in their hair. (laughs) Listen, getting CPEs typically is like a grind and it sucks. And you're like watching a webinar on IAM and you're like, I don't do IAM, but like, oh, so trust me when I say the Daily Cyber Threat Brief Podcast CPEs is dope. Um, If you're live in chat, hashtag team live. Uh, I don't know how many... Hold on. The the, the Chiron is going over the count here because this is my mobile studio. 157 of you beautiful people in chat right now. Thank you all very much. What's up, CJ? Glad you got up early, my man. I know it's tough on the West Coast or at least in the Pacific time zone. Uh, Alex Castanos, what's up? Will we see the keynote? Um, Yeah, so if you're talking about the Charleston B-Sides keynote that I'm putting on, absolutely, that will be streamed live by the B-Sides... Charleston uh, crew asked me about that during jaw jacking if you are on replay hashtag team replay in in uh, comments love that again Chris Weaver thanks for pinning those comments and if it's your first time you picked a heck of a time to do it hashtag first timer in chat we love it welcome to the party pal we will be doing some manual sound effects today as I have the limited soundboard uh, really quick before we dive into the top news stories allow me to welcome you to To James McQuiggan, my man, we're doing the B-hole, A-hole chair again. James, you want to say what's up? What's up? (laughs) All right, very good. Easy peasy. All right, guys, you know the routine. Sit back, relax, and let's let the cool sounds of the hot news wash over us in an awesome wave. Be well, people, and we will see you at the mid-roll. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. Oh, I forgot to. <laughs> I forgot These to like. Are the cyber there
1: we go. Headlines for Friday, October twentieth, twenty twenty-three. I'm Steve Prentice. International sting operation brings down Ragnar Locker. Agencies from the U.S., Japan, and the EU have successfully seized the dark web portal used by the gang. Ragnar Locker has been active since 2020, and some <laughs> cybersecurity experts believe it is connected to Russia. As of this recording, the full scale of the takedown is not yet known. According to a Europol spokesperson, more details will be made public today, Friday. Hold on, records hold on, hold on. Hold on. I have to do the stopping manually. Yeah. This
0: is why I have a stream deck. All right, so uh, as James McQuiggan just pointed out, that like federal law enforcement is out of control. Yet another website defacement, completely unchecked. These people are out of control. We are being absolutely facetious. This is a good win. I love. Hold on. Regulators! Regulators sign up. Mount up. It was a- all right regulators mount up absolutely chief wiggum is on the beat y'all and it, dude this is pretty dope because uh we saw in yesterday's new trigona ransomware got taken out now ragnar locker which is we had never heard of trigona at least i had never heard of them ragnar locker i'd heard of they've been around for some time they uh, posited in the story James that it's a uh, russian-based uh, threat actor group which shouldn't surprise anybody like with all due respect this is not like um, uh, you know I, I guess racism or, or whatever term but typically it's a safe bet that a cyber criminal um, financially motivated cyber criminal gang would be operating in Eastern Europe in kind of a Russian beltway it's it's not it's not um stereotyping it's just they have a lot of immunity, basically, if they're not attacking uh, inside of Russia, Russian businesses, et cetera. Um, so, you know, the fact that this is a Russian-based um, ransomware threat actor group is not surprising. I am freaking loving uh, the coordinated effort. You know, I guess you do it enough times, anything, right? And you start getting better, better relationships, better workflow. Maybe uh, Europol attended our talk on networking, and and they know what's going on. Um, again. The, the TLDR, um, you know, we celebrate these wins, guys, but just like um, a new ransomware threat actor coming on the scene, you shouldn't really be uh, protecting from a specific ransomware threat actor unless you're like a more mature, fully optimized kind of information security program. You should be doing fundamentals regardless. And just like this right here, um, I'm, I'm super pumped. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're taking down these threat actors and that they are um, at least uh, being slightly uh, hobbled um, but it's someone, you know, the, 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 the actual criminals behind the ransomware threat actor gang are not arrested, right? They've just taken down their infrastructure. These guys are like cockroaches. Like, they're just going to scurry away, and then they're going to come back, and it's going to be called, like, you know, Voltron Locker. Or, you know, like, I, I shouldn't do that. I love Voltron. Like, Mighty Morphin Power Ranger Locker, right? Let's just throw them under the bus. right? And and it'll be the same humans underneath it, and they'll just rebuild the infrastructure because that's their playbook. That's That's their TTPs and that's how it rolls. So, you know, hey, you know what? I'll celebrate the battle we just won and continue fighting the war, right? James, thoughts? Yeah, no, uh,
2: seeing with Ragnarok, uh, their website, their infrastructure coming down, it'll be interesting to see what they're able to pull from uh, from the site, from what's been seized, whether there's any, you know, any information or any data relating to how they're doing their encryption. Uh, one of the things that Ragnarok are always uh, was interesting for me was the fact that, uh, when they would hit you with ransomware, they would, they would let you know that if you contacted any of the law enforcement agencies, they would release your data. And so they were very vicious, because they always felt that Oh, no, you bring in the law enforcement, it's gonna mess it up. Uh, but yeah, this is, like you said, I mean, these guys they will just uh, spin up another site somewhere else. Maybe it'll be the love and war locker, you know, Ragnarok, love and War, Thor. <laughs> yeah. um, sorry, if you got to explain the joke, it's not funny. But anyway, yeah, so it'll just, in another one, they'll just end up spinning up another one. It'll be interesting to see what data gets collected out of this and what can be used uh, to learn more about them overall.
1: All right, let's 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 roll on the next story. A hacker who leaked records two weeks ago, prompting a password reset request from the company on October 10th, has leaked information on 4 million members onto a cybercrime forum. TechCrunch has confirmed that samples of this data match known 23andMe member data. The hacker claims that this data set, quote, contains information on people who come from Great Britain, including data from the wealthiest people living in the US and Western Europe on this list, end quote. The company is continuing its investigation into the breach. Cassio right. Casio discloses data breach.
0: All right, so here we go. Uh, no surprise. Um, Okay, so let's break this down really quickly. Twenty-three and Me, the website that, or you know, it, the business that will take your genetic data. You can like lick a, lick a, a, a cup or something and send it in, and then they tell you that you're like one fourth Swedish or whatever. So I, I, I don't know why people are so like into that, but, um, their data got hacked. Reminder: This was. This is interesting um, and it's worth pointing out uh, for people. This was a credential stuffing attack. The infrastructure of 23andMe was not compromised. This is my understanding, okay? They didn't get like some admin and then do a data dump. There was no misconfigured S3 bucket and, um, you know, they, they accessed data sets. Literally, million a million plus people on 23andMe had reused passwords had crappy passwords did not have multi-factor authentication i don't know if 23andme offered multi-factor authentication but basically uh, a credential stuffing attack right reusing creds and, and user accounts on a site that had been dumped from somewhere else now the impact is that like the 23andme criminal was trying to sell the data and now two weeks later they're dumping it so my if i had to speculate the reason that this has happened is because they're not getting paid, right? Twenty three andMe has is not going to pay them, or they're not making money on the dark web, because you know, other way, like you would never release all the data unless you couldn't sell it, right? You know what I mean? And now, and now, I I, I assume that the criminal is either like pissed off and releasing it just out of like spite, um, but you know, it sucks. It sucks. And guys, the the one thing I'll say here is like, whenever you put any data, whether it's your personal data, whether it's your business data into a third party, you, you are extending the risk of that data being breached. Now like I, I wanna I'm doing um, some research right now on like SaaS applications. Like most businesses use over like 150 SaaS applications. Um, like 71% of all businesses uh, have at least one SAS application or something like that. So like I get it. It's 2023. We're we're SaaS all we're sassy. We're sassy all over the place, James. But You've got to be mindful of what you're doing, and and frankly, put in better controls, right? So if you had MFA, you'd have been good on this one. Now, if twenty three andMe's backend infrastructure got cracked, well, that doesn't matter. You had MFA, but it's all about risk reduction. It's all about GRC, right? Trying to make GRC cool again, and this this is where it's at, right? Your red teamers aren't 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 doing that risk analysis, my friends. I'm I'm joking. Red teamers do not attack me. All right, James' thoughts. Yeah, I mean, with regards
2: to twenty three andMe and the credential stuffing, um, you know it gets really scary and surprising that you've got it shouldn't be because of what we do but so many people had uh the same credentials used across the board because that's what the the cyber criminals did was leverage those credentials used from other data breaches to gain access and then once inside there's a feature within 23andme that allowed them to connect to relatives and their data and their information and that's how they were able to scrape so much but we still haven't gotten all the details out of 23andme with relating to how much data they got and you know what they or how many accounts were were compromised and so yeah utilizing you know changing your passwords but then utilizing mfa is certainly a key factor try essentially i just say if mfa is available you use it you know you know mfa with the sms text messages is better than just a username and password uh but overall yeah this is this is just going to get worse and he's not able to sell it so he's just leaking it and so we saw or heard you know going after the wealthy people exposing them um there's already a lawsuit against 23 Me, class action lawsuit because of the, the the data risk and again it goes back to they will put it in the email we take security seriously unfortunately you don't take security seriously enough
0: yeah like i, I don't know like I, in 2023 i feel like businesses should require mfa right it, it's like they require a password it's just anytime i get the,
2: personally anytime personal information
0: is used yeah, if it's your name, your email address, and an address or any PII, it has to be MFA. Yeah, hundred percent. And I get that. Like, that's like that's a that's a bridge too far for some consumers. But really, like, what? How much? How much? How much revenue did they get from consumers that would have not opted in if you required MFA versus like whatever this is going to cost them?
2: Or if they were using passkey.
1: Or are they using passkeys exactly. Electronics manufacturer Casio has announced a data breach that is affecting customers from 149 countries. This follows an attack on its ClassPad education platform. The attack occurred between October 11th and 12th and involved PII such as names, email addresses, countries of residence, purchase information and license code, but no credit card information. The majority of the customers affected, over 91,000, are from Japan, and the other 35,000 belonging to customers in the other 148 countries. Representatives from Casio state they believe, quote, Some of the network security settings in the development environment were disabled due to an operational error of the system by the department in charge and insufficient operational management, and this allowed an external party to gain unauthorized access, end quote.
0: Okay, so it, this is a different than normal story. Okay, so everybody knows Casio like, who, like, I mean, I don't know if you, <laughs> I feel like if you have gray in your hair, um, you had and like, let's be real, we're all tech people, right? Like, you had a uh, Casio watch with the calculator, right? And you were like the coolest, the coolest kid. Um, you know, like, oh, and then you would just use it to write like, boobs or hello. <laughs> <laughs> right. So a- anyways, so this is a different story. Casio got hit. Um, they lost a ton of uh, p- uh, customer information. They said no credit card information. It's, so it's just PII, which is just going you know that data is probably already on the dark web at this point, so mm-hmm. whatever. But it's it could be used for uh, social engineering, phishing attacks, those type of things. So it would be an input. The output the output of this data breach would just be an input into an attack workflow. Now the interesting thing is how the attack happened, and that's kind of what I would like to focus on here. What they're saying is, Casio's basically saying, "Listen, we actually have really good uh, information security." Um, hold on one second. What, what no. uh, are in people's password. Okay, haircut fish. So um, basically, what they're saying is they have really good information security controls. But during a like network downtime or a management window, which happens, guys, like it happens, um, they reduced their security controls to enable you know, whatever data transfer or whomever. The sound is low mono Julian calling it out. Thanks for the super chat mono.
1: Did we just become best friends? Yep.
0: All right. Now we're saying that the audio is low. Let me um, just push all the dials up. Okay. Bono, Julian, let me know um, what how that worked. If that did anything for you, um, I'm definitely like the the uh, the 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 audio of my voice going into my ears is now like at an 11, like spinal tap. Uh, so here's the deal. Um, Basically, they, they reduced security during a maintenance window. And somehow, in that window, um, the uh, threat actor was able to um, attack. Right. So a couple things here. One, they were probably already compromised. right? And the threat actor wasn't able to um, move laterally or actually dump data in some meaningful way. So like their security was actually pretty good. It sounds like threat actor probably saw an email that there was an upcoming downtime and um realize that they could take advantage of it and off their off they go um there was a real like so, so two things one and let's let's do this really quickly there's two things i want to point out here one like we as security practitioners we want it to have maintenance downtimes cuz typically if it's a, like a critical system or a high availability system they're like bro we can't patch it bro we can't configure it brah, brah. and it's like oh my god all right so like maintenance downtimes we need them when they're migrating an environment when they're upgrading to like a major version th- those downtimes have to happen so uh, you should not i feel like people are like oh well it'll just be the, the 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 defenses will be down for an hour jerry like what's the risk and being real as a risk person you're like yeah like I, you know we can kind of absorb that cuz the likelihood of an attack happening in that window is probably low but guess what? Crap happens, and Casio is now your your uh, case study of why you need to be mindful of that. Um, you sh- like I said, like there's different ways to handle it, right? You can increase the level of auditing and awareness. Get SecOps going when you're going to lower your um, defenses because your protection mechanisms are going down. So you can increase your detection mechanisms that way. If you detect a problem happening during that maintenance window, you can quickly intervene and you know throw the throw the um, oh my God, like the shields up, right? If you will. Um, but there, there was a really famous, like not famous, but there was a massive story that just happened in the last couple of weeks that was like, it happened during a maintenance window. I, I can't think of it. And it was like unbelievable. Like again, these, this business and the other one absolutely were already compromised. No, no threat actor no. happens to randomly hit you at the moment that you are also down. So uh, yeah, James.
2: Yeah. You know, it is unfortunate and it is this was due to some sort of human error that that ended up happening through a configuration. But, you know, you're bringing up the the issue of, you know, you've got your external facing systems, depending on the size of your organization, certainly medium to large enterprise organizations. uh, There's a reason why there's two there's two pilots in an airplane. It's in case something happens to one of them. the same thing applies you know with your firewalls and your external devices you want to make sure that you're having um you know that redundancy and that backup so yeah if you bring one down you still got you know everything going through that one maintenance window through the one system and then get it patched bring it take it down bring up the other one patch it and then and then everything else um yeah you run in that maintenance window you're running on less resources, but you're, you know, still securing the environment and still protecting it. So, um, yeah, this will be interesting to see what comes out of this. This will now get added to my list of uh, data breaches for my students that will get to research uh, for the uh, in the school year. But um, yeah, human error. Once again, you know, we see time and time again that, you know, human error is a result of a number of the breaches. Uh, they're not the weakest link. They're just not you know, educated enough, in my opinion. But yeah, we'll see what comes out of this in the next few days.
0: And uh, also, just to point out, like, so everything that James and I are saying is absolutely true, okay? But uh, BSEC pointed out really quickly, and it's a slight distinction. So, this was not a maintenance window, this was a development environment. Um so but so I want to spend a minute talking about this cuz this does happen all the time. Uh really quickly if you don't understand what the environments normally look like in a typical business, if you're doing software development or you're doing any type of like you're a m- more mature IT organization, you will have a development environment, a testing environment and then a production environment. And typically <laughs> according to the textbook, you're supposed to go dev and then put it in test and validate it, and then only if it's validated in test, you migrate into production. And the idea is you never go from dev to production. You certainly don't do dev in production. And the on idea, Friday. yeah, especially on a Friday at 3:30 p.m. Uh, and the idea is that you have this controlled configuration change. But as BSec is pointing out, and as I, uh, I will attest to, and I'm sure you've seen this in your work, development environments are typically hot mess expresses. They are absolute. Kitchen junk drawers where it's just like, oh, like, you know, hey, we're going to try something. Oh, we're going to do something. And there's like very little cleanup. Um, Again, in the more mature organizations, they'll almost snapshot it and then rebuild it. So that's that's actually a good way to do it. But unfortunately, uh, not a lot do that. And more fledgling information security professionals, um, especially if it's an organization that doesn't have information security, but if you're a fledgling InfoSec professional, you almost entirely focus on the production environment because that's what you're there to protect and that's what's going on and the development environment is behind the firewall it's it's behind you know it's supposed to be like you know in a segmented network segment and stuff like that um lower permissions but most most infosec professionals and I'm guilty of this in my career too aren't checking the production um excuse me the development environment nearly enough so there could be like over permissioned and Crappy defenses, and you know, especially if like a, a dev or an engineer is like testing something, and it's like, oh, the EDR is like flagging it. Like, can you please turn it off? It's like, Ugh. you know. So, um, just really quick, since it is about the development environment, you got any experiences or thoughts on just you know crappy dev environments? Um,
2: well, coming out of uh, an environment where building SCADA systems, we used to have them uh, offline, off from the network. Uh, then they would come in through a DMZ time environment and then bring, you know, if we're transferring data over, we're doing whatever. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there were there were all different ways that we could handle a dev environment off the network, air gaps, which is, you know, still one level of protection, but it's not the level of protection. Uh, But, you know, even then, you know, multiple accounts, separate computers, different networks for the dev environment, because like you said, yeah, that hot mess. But it's the environment. It's their sandbox. It's where they play. They test everything. Um, And then it's like, okay, now let's actually put it in testing. So, yeah, like I said, this will be a case study. This will be something we watch for the next few days and see what uh, this comes. This is. Yeah, uh, this is fine. We're sitting here in a dumpster fire. This is fine.
0: Like be said, like, just this is Modchat chat uh, coming in hot with an animated GIF. Uh, I found out last night that James McQuiggan and I are actually like on opposite ends of the gif gif war. So, uh, anyways, this is Casio live looking right now at Casio. Uh, no big deal. We're we're right. good. She,
2: CISO sitting there going,
0: this yeah,
1: that's the CISO reporting to the board about the Casio breach. How Iran's Muddy Water APT spied on a Middle Eastern government for eight months. An article in Dark Reading, released yesterday and based on a report from Semantic, reveals how the Iran state-aligned group successfully spied on the government of an unnamed Middle Eastern country using new tools largely unknown to the cybersecurity community. The report describes how, on February the 1st, the group deployed an unknown PowerShell script, followed by four custom malware tools as well as two popular open source hacking tools, Mimikatz for credential dumping, and Plink for remote shell capabilities. Muddy Water, which Semantic tracks as Krambus and is also known as APT-34, Helix Kitten, and Oil Rig, was at one time thought to have disappeared after suffering a leak of its own in 2019. But as Dick O'Brien, Principal Intelligence Analyst for Semantic, says, quote, they're definitely back. All right. And now a word from our... Ar-
0: okay, so a couple of things here. One, uh, Muddy Waters has been around. They're an Iranian-based uh, APT... They're probably, in my opinion, they're, they're most notable, or like the one you hear the most about, Iranian APT. Uh, a couple things here. One, they said that they're, they're using a brand new, unseen uh, piece of malware. It, it's, a, it's a PowerShell script that, you know, like, guys, it, it, like, it's. I mean, it's cool. Like, I'll give them credit for not going on GitHub and just downloading something YOLO style, but it, it, they're not, like, inventing, like, a new paradigm for the wheel here. So they used that. Um, they executed it. The fact that the victim organizations are, you know it basically muddy water is also using mimicats i don't know uh, about you guys but like when you detonate mimicats on any machine in 2023 it immediately lights up like a christmas tree because it's really well known it's it's so the victim organizations obviously i would argue have and again this is jerry tinfoil hat speculative hot take that the the um these organizations that are victims have crappy information security right like if mimicats is just running around rampant, um, chances are they're <laughs> they're not catching things. They're not running EDR and stuff like that. So to have a PowerShell script um, run like okay, like you know, I'm not I'm not poo pooing it, but at the same time, like PowerShell has been really well defined. Like Empire is a PowerShell based post exploitation framework. Um, w- w- what was there's one um, I think Matt Graber made. It's like uh, PS or PowerShell. No 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 PowerShell. Um, P- oh my God. No 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 no. There there's um. There's a power. I'll get it when you're talking. There's a PowerShell one. It's like a it's like a framework of like not. It's not um, Metasploit-ish. It's Metasploit-ish, but it's all in PowerShell. Oh. And I think a guy named Matt Graber made it. He he um he used to live in Charlotte. And now he he Microsoft picked him up in like 2008 or 9 or something like that. But anyway, sorry to digress. Long story short, this is an Iranian-based uh, group. They attack Middle Eastern ones. If you're in the U.S. protecting U.S. assets. This is just um, interesting to know, but not something you need to like take action on because it's not really gonna um, be something you have to affect. Um, again, basic best practice, guys: e- EDR, Mimikatz, these type of things. Run Bloodhound on your organization to see where it goes. You know, just best practices. Uh, James? Yeah, I. You
2: know the. You know you're looking at these APTs. You know it's interesting. Helix Kitten. Uh, CrowdStrike is the one that comes up with the, the fun animal names uh, and it, Helix Kitten actually comes from the fact that, you know, Iranian Persian cats and so. But I thought they were going with cats and not kittens, but OK. Um, and then when you have Helix Kitten, it's like it's kind of, you know, uh, juxtaposed of, of having the, the two of them opposite each other. Uh, but yeah i mean they're essentially using lay of the land tools you know you've got your powershell scripts running um the mimikatz may be something i I'd, I'd be surprised if they're running it on the the system itself but it could be something they're pulling back and there's evidence of, of the mimikatz but um yeah they're we're you know going after the governments it's you know it's it's a friday and you know it's it's business as usual for them as they're trying to gain access again looking for intelligence information uh to shame and uh, embarrass the different government agencies that they're going
0: after. Did you find it? Uh, yeah, it's PowerSploit. PowerSploit coming at you. Yeah, and, oh, God, it's, it's 31 past the hour. We almost hit it. Oh. Uh, damn it. All right, let's roll. All right, I've hey. changed the volume around.
1: Sponsor, Vanta. Growing a business? That likely means more tools, third-party vendors, and data sharing, also known as way more risk. Vanta's market-leading trust management platform brings GRC and security efforts together. Integrate information from multiple systems and reduce risks to your business and your brand, all without the need for additional staffing. And by automating up to 90% of the work for SOC 2, ISO 27001, and more, you'll be able to focus on strategy and security, not maintaining compliance join 5000 fast growing companies that leverage Vanta to manage risk and prove security in real time our listeners get $1000 off vanta so go to vanta.com/ciso to claim this discount that's victor alpha november tango alpha.com/ciso all right if you your first time
0: here this is the midroll and if you're a regular here you know dang well this is midroll by the way fun fact Don't You Forget About Me came on the over in the casino downstairs and immediately I was like, ah, mid-roll. Like, So I don't know if anyone else gets that vibe when you hear this song, but I certainly do. Let's do it. All right, guys, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to all of you. Genuinely appreciate the 319 of you that get up Team Live. Uh, Definitely appreciate it. Nick Barker, what's up, my man? I know you're not on the elliptical uh today but we're thinking of you uh ellipticals in our heart nick guys i want to say thank you to anti-siphon training the training arm of um black hills information security they are amazing they are absolutely disrupting the traditional information security training industry i'm looking at you overpriced wicked expensive training so you know i'm not going to name names no four-letter words here but listen they're they're disrupting it by offering high quality education to everybody from industry practitioners who know exactly what they're talking about and for a reasonable price including wait for it free if you want that go to the link in the description below for anti-siphon look at the training go to the pay what you can training drop down these courses right here, and there's a whole bunch of them. There's even ones you don't see the thumbnails for. You pay what you can, right? So $0, get in here. $5, get in here. $500, get in here. Whatever it is, you decide. You control whether or not you get this training without any any concern of financial cost. You know, whatever your situation is, it doesn't matter. Get in here, get training now it becomes about your time and your commitment to wanting to learn this content i love what they're doing so so proud and grateful to be affiliated with anti-siphon training and all of the black hills people uh, deb jason john um there's a million of them over here velda uh, they're just wonderful people All right, guys, if you are getting value from the stream, you know what to do. Hit the like button, not for my benefit, but for someone who has yet to find Simply Cyber. Hit the like button, pay it forward. The YouTube algorithm will trigger, and we will reach out and bring more people into our community. We're doing digitally here. If you were at the Simply Cyber community meetup last night, you know we're trying to do it organically and in person, too. We had a woman walk by us from the bathroom who was like, are you guys are you, she said like, are you nerds, theater people? And we're like, who are you? And she's like, my son's one of you. And he's like shy. And we're like, get him on down here. Like like texted him, called him, like made him come downstairs and hang out with us. So we're we're growing it uh, as organic as we can. It's all about good times. Hey, what's up Sam Moser. Welcome to the party, pal. We got a first timer, James. All right. Yeah, so uh, hit that like button. Genuinely appreciate it. Guys, the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Robert Wiley, currently with the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Uh, right here. Robert Wiley um, genuinely appreciates appreciate his post, his Air Force story. I know you can't see it on stream. Uh, Robert Wiley, big time into GRC. So, you know, that speaks near and dear in my heart. Guys, we're going to tag somebody. Hopefully, Robert Wiley's in chat can tag somebody and do the baton pass for the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Here's the deal. Go onto LinkedIn. Search for this hashtag, Simply Cyber Community Challenge connect with the people in there. If you attended me and James's talk yesterday, it is so freaking valuable to grow your network with meaningful people. And how do you do that? This is the best way to do it. Super easy. It's a, it, this is an initiative that we give, we like we've set up for our community. Go connect with those people, read their stories understand and within a few weeks, your LinkedIn feed will be supercharged with amazing, supportive cybersecurity content. And by the way, your network will be dope because look at all these people in chat right now. Look at all the people posted in Team Replay. It's sick. I love the Simply Cyber community and this is how we grow it, absolutely. Thanks, Robert Wiley. We'll uh, maintain. So we got the dad joke of the week, compliments of one James McQuigan. James, uh, dad joke of the, of the day. Oh, here we go, wow.
2: Oh, and this is probably going to be like what it was yesterday. I kicked one off, and everybody was going for Hold it. On, what? To say, oh, well, oh, welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to the party, pal. Yep. Way to go, Brian. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, so, you know, I, I have to commend people that are, are blood donors, you know, going out and you know, giving blood and, and, and everything else. But it's the organ donors because that – I have to give appreciation to the organ donors because that takes guts. another one uh let's see um shoot i had one earlier uh damn it you you put me on the spot sorry kennedy um where (laughs) uh i had another one earlier today
0: what was
2: the one about a a clone oh oh right okay thank you very much i needed the trigger um you know with all the talk and i've been talking about ai and all the talk about big data quantum computers we're now looking at, you know, cloning technology. And I think that's just incredible because if I end up cloning myself, I will be beside myself.
0: <laughs> 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 Thank you so much, James, for the dad joke of the week. Uh, oh, sit, sitting in, uh, in in uh Stead in the interim. Want to say shout out to Just a Bite with the super chat. Did
1: we just become, we just best,
0: become friends. best friends? Yep. C- certainly appreciate it. Just a bite. Absolutely. I hope that we can connect at the next event. It's good to see you in chat. Also want to say shout out to Mike Carter. Welcome to the party, pal. We've got another first timer, a bunch of good first timers up in here. Uh, genuinely appreciate it. Uh, let's get back into the news, y'all.
1: Navy IT manager jailed for selling people's data on the dark web. Donkey. A 32-year-old former Chief Petty Officer in the U.S. Navy's 7th Fleet, Marcus Hooper of Selma, California, opened an account in 2018 with a company that maintains a PII database for millions of people, including the U.S. government. Hooper claimed he had been required to do this in order to perform background checks on people. Using this access, Hooper and his wife stole a PII of 9,000 individuals and allegedly made $160,000 in Bitcoin through its sale. He was sentenced to five years and five months earlier this week, and his wife is scheduled to be sentenced on November 20th.
0: Good. Good, 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 good. Okay, so a couple things here. One, um, this is not okay. You cannot exploit your freaking permissions and your access to steal data and then sell it on the dark web. Second of all, this is interesting because this is uh, Individuals PII, which is different than Nuclear Secrets, but... Um, They said in the story, James, I know you didn't hear it, It, him and his wife did it together. He's he's been... adjudicated now and his wife is uh, pending trial, but uh, there was a West Virginia Navy nuclear guy uh, last year who got caught selling secrets, uh, nuclear secrets to the FBI. It was, it was always a sting operation. He was never, ever in contact with uh, actual real criminals. And again, him and his wife were involved. Uh, I know in that particular instance, his wife was like, you know, he was making whatever, say like 40 grand and his wife wanted to live like the Joneses next door. So that's kind of what pushed them into that. I don't know what his motivation was, but guys, you like you you cannot do this i hope he goes to jail for a long time like th- 5 years uh, okay we'll start with that okay but um it's just it's not it's not um it's it's not acceptable and i get it listen money makes people do weird stuff we do live in kind of a tight recession right now i mean he was uh, navy so he was government right and but it, it's just not okay i'm currently reading tracers in the dark by uh andy greenberg it's right over there i've been reading it uh on the on the travel and dude here's the deal yep thank you james right there uh, excellent book it's my current recommendation uh but guys with Bit- they said they made 160 grand in bitcoin guess what bitcoin for all of its anonymity and privacy they can trace the crap out of it and you can be anonymous until you need to convert it into an actual utility uh, currency like USD, like dollars, right? The second you convert Bitcoin or crypto, or whatever, into USD, they got you, right? And they can trace it all the way back. Mixers, tumblers, shakers, whatever you guys are up to, they can trace it. Okay, so uh, don't think that you're operating in in like the dark webs or whatever. So. Whatever. I, I'm glad they caught this guy. This is a nice, simple, clean story, and uh, one that you might want to use if you are beginning to introduce an insider threat program. Uh, those are always tricky because you don't want to like point at you know Carl in accounting. Give me my where's my Carl? Carl. You don't want to look at Carl and be like, listen, Carl. I know you've been here like 18 years and everybody loves you, but I got my eye on you. Just just saying, like you're potentially an insider threat. Like you don't want to sow, um, you know that type of like, um. Uh, uh, you know uncomfortableness in in the org so by using a story like this you can point to an external case study and say like oh look at this this happens and uh you know potentially introduce the concepts of insider threat james
2: yeah when we're talking about insider threat you know uh ironically within organizations you've always got a lot of insider threats we're all insider threats everybody that works in an organization whether we're doing it maliciously accidentally or, or whatever but yeah money Money makes people do really weird, strange things, and you know, in this particular case, you know, using it. This is kind of where uh, you're—you've got a variety of different roles and permissions that you can do within organizations. Um, One of the things that I remember back from my CISSP training days is the whole notion of moving your security people around in different jobs in an organization. It's tricky; it's hard to do, but if you can move your people around, it prevents this type of. situation from happening but he got 160 grand that's a drop in the bucket for like 9000 accounts or whatever um and yeah he's he's going away for 5 years 5 months but uh he'll get out he probably won't be allowed to touch computer for 5 years but yeah this is uh, you know using his uh capabilities using his uh position access. to to get his access and his position to get it for nefarious and wrong reasons and and uh yeah he got he got what coming to him there are a lot of people out there that do get away with it but uh within organizations if you've got the the right permissions the right settings set up to be able to monitor for those kind of things then you can help reduce that risk overall
0: yeah 100 percent. i just want to point out that this donkey uh basically did the risk calculation and he he somehow decided that have been a felon for the rest of his life and getting paid the equivalent of thirty thousand dollars a year for five years uh, was worth, uh, the juice was worth the squeeze in that instance. Don't even think you thought that. No, of course not. Yeah. Hey, what's up, Eric Silberman, and ready to hunt, uh, Mount. Good to see you guys all up in here. Alex, uh, Katsanos, always nice, funky monk.
1: Trigo, and a ransomware website taken down. Oh, a group called the Ukrainian Cyber Alliance claims to have shut down the gang's leak site, wiping out 10 of its servers, defacing its website and exfiltrating data about the cybercrime operation. <laughs> this is according to the record, which describes Trigona leaks as a, quote, name and shame extortion blog that advertised stolen data. The Trigona ransomware has been active since June 2022 and generally targets tech, healthcare and banking companies in the US, India, Israel, Turkey, Brazil and Italy. This, according to a report by Trend Micro. Jet brains.
0: All right, so a couple things. One, Emmanuel Dark um, de- definitely pointing out uh, you can you can speak up at the all hands and say, it. There, I'm not an insider threat because I don't like jail. A uh, good point.
1: Did we just become best friends? Yep.
0: Thanks for the super chat, Emmanuel. Definitely appreciate that. Um, guys, this story was covered in yesterday's news. I do believe the CISO series. Um, Guys, they break it up, you know, like I get Tuesday, James gets Wednesday, maybe they don't sync up. This story we covered uh, ad nauseum yesterday, so I'm just going to skip it. Uh, Maybe give us a couple extra minutes for jaw jacking, Uh, just because it's occurring to me right now. Remind me, Nick Barker had a really great idea last night that I uh, am going to take action on. I put it in my phone, which means it's going to happen, and I will share with you what that is during jaw jack. A little teaser for y'all.
1: Vulnerability exploited by North Korea, says Microsoft. Two groups, allegedly tied to the North Korean government and named by Microsoft as Diamond Sleet and Onyx Sleet, have been observed exploiting a bug in Team City, a product manufactured by the Czech company JetBrains and used by developers for testing software code before release. As for the vulnerability tracked as CVE-2023-42793, JetBrains published a patch on September 20th, but according to researchers at ProDraft, quote, the subsequent release of technical details led to immediate exploitation by a range of ransomware groups. More than 1,200 unpatched servers vulnerable to the issue were discovered, end quote. Microsoft warns that both groups are likely exploiting vulnerable servers, each using unique tool sets. IT- okay,
0: so a couple of things on this one. One... Um, JetBrains, uh, I'm not even sure what that is. It, it, is that like a WordPress plugin? A okay, so it's a software, whatever it is, a piece of software. Um, they release. so it, this is kind of funny. Uh, this must be an easily exploitable um, vulnerability because if they release the um, the patch and the technical details and it immediately started getting exploiting, that means one of two things happened. One, the um, it, it was easy to exploit and once you had the technical details, you could just reverse it take advantage of it or two the uh, nation states already had what they wanted in place and they were holding it and as soon as it became public they 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 had to go uh rough shot on it because they knew that the uh, amount of attack surface was going to go down because it was now getting published that it was a vulnerability and they needed to go ben with the super chat thanks so much ben um uh, glad you enjoyed the show we James and I definitely appreciate and enjoy being able to produce the show. James in the B-hole chair, myself in the A-hole chair. Did
1: we just become best friends? Yep.
0: All right. Now, with this uh, story, though, I want to point out a couple things. One, um, th- this is almost like standard practice, right? So you can use Shodan, dot i o, Shodan, to find these vulnerable servers. Um, so finding them is trivial. Uh, another thing, if you've ever stood a honeypot up on the internet, within minutes, it starts getting hammered. So Uh, You know, there's more than just shown going on. Threat actors are constantly probing the internet. The internet is a very hostile place, as many of us know. So um, I'm not surprised about this. Now, if you are running JetBrains in your environment, you should absolutely take action uh, immediately. I know you can't patch all the things, but if you can't patch this one, then you need to at least not make it internet facing until you've got some time to figure out what's going on. This coming in from Bsec mod chat. JetBrains help devs write code, and the issue is with on-prem servers. My devs use JetBrains on Okay, so sorry, uh, Bsec. Uh, I probably just dropped a little Opsec problem there, telling <laughs> telling the community what your devs use. But um, so this is an on-prem issue again. Th- th- there does seem to be a trend, doesn't it? Like it, I guess thinking of Microsoft Exchange versus Exchange uh, online, uh, like on-prem services. Are constantly getting barraged, and the, the there is a cloud-based counterpart that is more uh, secure uh, typically. So, anyways, long story short, if you're running on-prem JetBrains, uh, be mindful of this. It is getting hacked. Not and by the way, again, I said I think it's easy to vul- uh, to exploit. They're saying two different threat actors are exploiting it two different ways, right? So, when we think of TTPs, uh, the way that we can really do attribution, um, you, like they were they they went. You know buck wild immediately once this became uh known uh james i'm gonna dig into the technical details really quick while you give your thoughts sure yeah i mean when
2: you start uh you know when you're going these cyber criminals are going after these types of companies when it's a software development and tools uh organization that's providing tools and services to other developers and they can get a vulnerability or so they can exploit it and then you know maybe in Kind of like what happened with SolarWinds, where they're injecting their own code or something within the updates uh, and essentially hitting the supply chain. So, um, you know, with regards to what they're providing and getting that vulnerability, plus, if you can impede and damage right at the base level of the developers, you know, that that goes a long way uh, for causing that disruption and uh, devastation within organizations, slowing up their product skills, um, read that god one of them he throws the highlight here read this okay no uh and an attacker can trivially exploit it with a sequence of curl commands ah love curl curl's awesome sorry. but yes but very super easy to be able to uh, exploit it and just you know yeah you're launching a, a curl command with the switches and, and and off you go there so yeah no good point thanks for bringing that up uh but yeah so um you know, with the vulnerabilities, you know, we, we're always talking about patching. And again, that's that still is one of the leading ways that cyber criminals get in is through those unpatched systems overall. So,
1: yeah. All right. Back Leaders concerned about quantum computing readiness. A study by the Ponemon Institute for the security firm Digicert reveals that 61% of its respondents say their organizations quote, are not and will not be prepared to address the security implications of a post-quantum computing future, quote. The Ponemon Institute surveyed more than 1,400 IT practitioners and IT security practitioners from numerous countries around the world. of the respondents say their organization's leadership is, quote, only somewhat aware or not aware of the security implications of quantum computing, and only 30% of respondents say their organizations are allocating budget for PQC readiness, end quote. A link to the Digicert announcement referring to the Ponemon study is available in the show notes to this episode okay so uh, Ponymon Institute
0: if you don't know they come out with different reports uh, it's basically like um, I don't know like a statistics uh, they're supposed to be kind of objective and independent a lot of a lot of uh, st- reports that come out are uh, vendor funded so you know the statistics are skewed for the vendors uh, Ponymon does try to be more industry agnostic um, so anyway so this this is interesting. Uh, they do, it does look like it was sponsored by DigiCert, which is a company that <laughs> does digital certificates and they're pointing out that there's issues with quantum and, and businesses being ready. So there is some level of like ind- indication that DigiCert can probably help you with these problems. Uh, but just pushing that aside for a second, looking at that, they're saying that uh, IT leaders are worried about harvest now and decrypt later. I mean, that is like the 500-pound gorilla in the room when it comes to a post-quantum computing uh, world. Um, NIST, there's nothing you can really do about it right now, right? NIST is working on quantum-resistant encryption algorithms. They are not widespread available. They're not deployed, you know, in in normal commercial production right now. I'm sure um, military uh, theaters for first world countries like, you know, the U.S., NSA, these type of things might be implementing some type of um, quantum-resistant encryption for highly sensitive national security things. But for the rest of us, for us, you know, norms, like, you know, you just kind of like roll with it and do the best you can. Um, they do point out that most organizations are in the dark about the locations of the cryptographic keys. That is interesting. A lot of people just think like encryption is just like, you turn it on and off it goes, but you got to remember like encryption, you're you're encrypting and then you have to decrypt at some point around on the end, right? And if you're using PKI with public private key, um, in, you know, infrastructure, like that's, that's good, but, you know if someone gets your private key you're screwed right like they just decrypt everything so if you don't know where your keys are you can't set it and forget it you have to set it and be mindful and by the way and this is one of the challenges of pki is that it does offer the ability to revoke keys and issue new keys and if you're not doing that in like an actual life cycle um, maintenance way and management and understanding that a key has been compromised and stuff like that you're kind of um living in a bubble world where you think like oh like we're wicked secure because we've got you know pki and it's like well yeah you are but you're you're treating it completely incorrectly so pki it's 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 not trivial to implement it is challenging um i wouldn't say like a small business is like gonna have that as a complete control at the beginning but yeah exactly everyone's out here just trying to do regular security you're talking about what like what's my quantum computing strategy bro like Slow your roll, please. Um, Also really quick, before we hand over to James, I wanna remind everybody that on November 30th, Gary Binder, uh, who's like a wicked quantum crypto encryption smart guy, like wicked smart, is coming on Simply Cyber Live. I'm basically going to just introduce him and hand him the mic. And then for the next 50 minutes, we're all gonna be like, okay so it's going to be sick uh watch for the promo card of that on november 30th james your thoughts on the quantum computing and Ponymon institute
2: yeah no you know seeing the statistics that it leaders are concerned and and rightly so and i know i have no doubt that they are concerned the the trick for them now becomes okay you're concerned you you want to take actions you've now got to get funding and resources to be able to start prepping for that or looking at that transition, which requires discussions with upper management, your C suite, your board of directors, and what their risk appetite is with regards to that. And so that's where the struggle will be is yes, you know, we not to be chicken little and the sky is falling, the sky is falling. But quantum is, you know, coming 10 years down the road, it's here, but you know, where it's going to be utilized in in the aspect that folks are expecting uh, is still a ways off. But getting the the funding getting the resources that's going to regard those uh, risk management risk mitigation conversations with the board to be able to get the resources and uh, get the programs in place that you're going to need for that overall so yeah this is our quantum strategy here's our quantum strategy this is fine it's all good yeah got the qubits we're good
0: All right. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I think that is going to do it for the stories. We're a couple minutes early, which is absolutely phenomenal. And by the way, I just want to point out for those who thinks that we didn't hit this right on schedule, the Trigona story we actually skipped because we had covered it the other day. So I'm just going to go ahead and point out that uh, given that consideration, we actually nailed this right on schedule. So big fan of that. Uh, But let's go ahead and transition to uh well hold on really quickly let me do this let me do this correctly what am I an animal Jesus all right guys if you were here just for the news thank you all so very much I want to I want to thank all of you for being here what a great time all the squad members Keel, George divine dream divine Steven Mount um Emmanuel for the uh super chat CJ for getting up on the West Coast Carolyn Matthews yes you made it live welcome to the party pal love it love it love it guys Really appreciate y'all being here. If you were here just for the news, I know some of you, that's what you're doing. Absolutely. Go get it. Um, Akeel George picking up the baton in Robert Wiley's absence. I would love to take the baton from Robert, hand it to Akeel. Akeel George, you got the baton. Go on LinkedIn, post your cyber story. Let us know who you are. Use the hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge and uh, let's get after it. You can see the sun has come up behind us in Deadwood, so we're straight crushing it, homie. Uh, Love it. All right, so we got a great show. Thanks, Tom Bishop. Now, here's the deal. Uh, You have time, right? We got a couple? Yeah, okay, okay. So check it out. Here's what we're going to do, guys. We do this thing for some of you first-timers like Brian and um, there were a couple first-timers in here. Brian, Sam Moser, um, just Mike Carter. We do a thing called jaw jacking, and we don't get to do it every day, but when we're on travel, we do it every day. So I'd love for you to stick with us as we transition into jaw jacking. But if you gotta go, have a great day, and we'll see you Monday at eight a.m. Eastern Time. For everybody else, let's go jawjacking! again. One, two, three, four. All right, what's up, everybody? Let me get the old chat up since, uh, you know, we can't have we can't have a show with without you y'all all right So here we are it is judge jacking let me bring this over here let me bring us there i think we've got everything we need here james let me yep we are hot to trot guys we got we got a lot to share with you we've got photos if you are um interested in what we're doing at deadwood wild west hacking fest on the simply cyber discord server exclamation point discord in chat we are posting photos. If you are at Wild West Hackenfest Fest and you got photos and you want to upload them, the all-conference talk uh, channel on Discord is where you want to put that. Uh, if you got any questions, drop them in chat. Uh, we are in Deadwood. You can see the sun came up behind us. We just finished the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing Podcast. Jane's uh, Jane, Jax is on a plane, planning to watch until I get cut off, still boarding. Absolutely, Jax. What's up? Straight crushing it. Uh, we see Steven Mountain here. Uh, James, thoughts on, I don't know, what are your thoughts on uh, on Wild West investor? Well, hold on. I, I'm, I'm going to give you the mic in a second, but we got a super chat coming in hot from Philip Martin. What are your thoughts on the FAIR method? I went to FAIRCon23 earlier this week, and I was hearing about FAIR for the first time. Um, I, I have thoughts. You have yeah. thoughts on FAIR? Okay, so here's the deal. Um, and by the way, thanks for the super chat, obviously. Can we just become best friends? Yep. Okay, so here's the deal on FAIR. FAIR is an acronym. It stands for... Um, like finan- not financial it's like something analysis it, 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 can you look it up I, I, I can't think of what it is anyways it is a quantitative um, it's a quantitative risk analysis methodology so one of the in the so fair is good fair is good okay it's it's um, it, it allows you to basically say with probability percentages the likelihood of things happening it's the factor analysis of information risk thanks James yeah. So it's quantitative. In the world of information security, GRC, when we say like, oh, low, medium, high risk, this is subjective risk. It's qualitative risk. And it's very uh, fuzzy. If you do it in a quantitative way, you're saying, okay, based on the the case studies, the history of it happening, based on how much of a cost, if it did occur, this is the likelihood and percentage, right? So Penobscot security actually does this. Um, it's like, oh, uh, you have a 28 to 32 percent chance of a ransomware incident next year a ransomware incident would cost this organization between 185,000 and 575,000 now you can have a conversation with leadership and say are you comfortable with this range of financial burden and are you comfortable with this percentage of likelihood of occurrence and if they say no then you're like okay well then you can give me this amount of money or give me this amount of people to reduce that risk to this percentage. Is this percentage comfortable for you? Right? So it allows those conversations to happen. I'm a huge fair fan. Um, but yeah, yes. Uh, James thoughts on fair. Uh, I've, I've known about it
2: for a number of years. I, I read the book ages ago. Um, but dealing with risk mitigation on a daily basis is, uh, kind of behind me in my career right now. But, you know, we're always dealing with risk in anything that we do. But, yeah, no, to echo uh, what Jerry was saying with regards to its capabilities, um, I know that there was some also some other good info that came out of FairSec this week, and it's escaping me what it is. Uh, but, um, yeah, no, definitely uh, when it, when you're looking at different models for managing risk, fair is certainly one of the uh, the top ones to look at. So Wild West, Hack yeah, being here yesterday, being day one, and and my first time being out here at Wild West HackenFest, uh the there's something to be said about the smaller cons. You know, whether, if you go to a B sides in your your local area, you get three or four hundred people, maybe hundred and twenty people. Uh, but here yesterday, this reminds me a lot of the conferences that I went to uh, years ago when they were first when they were first starting out. Uh, you know, you would have eight hundred to a thousand people. Now some of those conferences. You know, upwards of two, three, four, five thousand. The DEF cons are the forty thousand. You know, they're they're echelon. But with Wild West hacking Fest, the fact that it's like eight hundred to like a thousand people, I think is is the uh, attendance here. It is an excellent opportunity to be able to meet so many people and connect and build on those networking relationships and connections. Plus, all the sessions—they had three different tracks going yesterday. Uh, they had the capture the flag going on. You had Trace Labs doing stuff. We had the chess tournament last night. You had an incredible steak dinner where they were cooking awesome food. Out uh, great meal last night. Uh, but yeah, just and the meetup. Meet uh, well, I was getting to that. I was getting to that. Uh, to, the cherry on top, everything yesterday was the was our simply cyber, the simply cyber uh, meetup uh, at the bar. You know, and we were all kind of, we were all sitting at a table, just all chatting back. I had a great, conver- uh, um, I had some great conversations with folks overall. Um, and yeah, it was great meeting, you know, chatting with Erica and meeting Jackson and, and uh, yeah. Oh, you're bringing the picture up. There you go. Um, but yeah, just all of us, you know, all hanging together, this community, what, what you've got here, Jerry, is just, is something special uh, with being around a lot of different groups, organizations over the years this community is really, really something special and certainly something to be a part of. These kind of meetups are just great just to kind of, and I've, we've talked about beer Isaac, and and, and other things, and that opportunity to just be able to connect and talk with people and share ideas is is fantastic. And, you know, this is certainly um, one of the, one of the great groups to certainly be a part of. And I'm, i uh, excited. I'm proud to be involved with it and uh, collaborating and connecting with so many of you always uh, through LinkedIn. So uh, for me, though, uh, my Wild West Hackenfest gets cut short today because uh, in about four hours, I'll be on an airplane uh, heading off to West Virginia for the weekend to secure West Virginia. I will be uh, doing the keynote there tomorrow morning, doing my AI talk, which went Wonderful yesterday. I uh, had a lot of folks come up to me afterward, uh, telling me they really enjoyed the presentation. I honestly think it was the dad jokes. I really do. Uh, but a lot of folks enjoyed the content, the material. I had some great conversations with people afterward, uh, and so looking forward to, to doing that at, in uh, West Virginia uh, over the weekend as well. But overall, yeah, just uh, this conference with the the size of it is such a great size. It's easy to meet folks and chat with them, and a lot of things going on. Um, The trivia last night as well was a hoot. And unfortunately, like I said, I got a missed day too. So I'm already going to be planning on putting this on my calendar next year to come out and hopefully try and speak again. Uh, But definitely being back out here next year and and connect with uh, so many of everybody. And hopefully those of you that are online right now aren't experiencing too too much FOMO uh, with everything that we're sharing. But, uh, you know, if you, depending on how your budgets are, depending on how it works in your organization, when you start looking at training, this is certainly something to do, and they do workshops that occur before it. You can get great training as well, uh, versus if you were to go to you know the big def the, the big ones like Black Hat, DEFCON, RSA. Um, these smaller ones, depending on if you're what your niche is, what you're looking for, this is this is a, a one that is now making my list uh, of every year to start looking at and coming out to. Where
0: in West Virginia? Can be?
2: I will be in Charleston, West Virginia, be in the capital there for West Virginia. And, um, yeah, it's their secure West Virginia conference. This is their 14th one. I think they're doing, uh, it's called reboot. And, uh, I keynoted there last year and had a blast and <laughs> they invited me back. So, uh, but last year it was a fun talk about ransomware, uh, because you know, it's always important that we understand how cyber criminals get away from the police. Yeah. It's cause they ran somewhere. Yeah. There you go. Dropping another one, another dad joke in there for you. dad jokes as a service. There you go. So, um, <laughs> All in all, and, and dad jokes as a service is from my good friend Chris Sistrunk. He, uh, he coined the term years ago. I just steal with pride and, and use it. Uh, but, yeah, no, certainly certainly one of the ones to maybe consider coming to next year. But also look at your wherever you are. See if there's uh, conferences that go on, whether it's a B-Sides or some other events through your security chapters that might be there, whether it's your isc 2 your ISSA, Meetups, ISACA. Uh, there's always different groups, maybe even through the cyber clubs at school but just an opportunity to be able to network and get out there and, and, and chat with uh, uh, other professionals in the community, build those communities. You know, the Simply Cyber, the meetup last night was great because it's Jerry and this group and everything else. But you don't need a Simply, you start up your own Simply Cyber group or your own meetups and just connect with other people in the area. Be that connection, be that person in your community that, that you know, starts those conversations, get those groups together. Uh, now, whether you're a team passive observer and you're like, nope, I'm just going to sit back here in the corner, that's fine. But, you know, support those groups. But look at trying to getting out in the community networking. Uh, if you're doing it already, awesome. But if you're looking for, you know, as you continue your career and getting out there, that's certainly one way to be able to uh, build those connections. Because you never know who you're going to meet on one day that's going to help you get a job the next day or, or the week later. Uh, I, I Who's it, Price's Pancakes? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, we were chatting, a, uh, I think a couple months ago and again, having that conversation about, you know, going to events and stuff like that. And I, I did a quick search, found a conference that was in his hometown. I said, go check it out. And he went and checked it out and had an absolute blast. Um, so he had to do a little convincing to his upper management to let him go, but he ended up going, had an absolute blast, was real excited that he got to do it. And he saw a lot of other folks that I knew as well. Um, and I, and I missed an opportunity to tell him go go say hi to so and so you know tell him I said hi, you know because that's going to help build those connections as well. So, all in all, yeah, Wild West Hackenfest was was a lot of fun yesterday. Uh, I a little sad I got to leave today, but you know got to go do the day job and and uh, keep spreading the word. And and uh, uh, Monday I'll be back there with all of you behind the keyboard and on the other side of the uh, the super chat. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so I, I, I genuinely appreciate James uh, being here as a as a co host and, and kind of experimenting with the the be hole uh, chair action. Um, I thought Nick Barker was downstairs. Uh, apparently, he is uh, you know not downstairs, and he's actually not dressed. So I was going to bring we'll him on stream. Oh. So, but that's <laughs> I think we should uh, punt on that. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, definitely good times. Um, love all that's going on, guys. I, I want to say shout out. I think it was uh, Tom Wayne. Uh, just finished the GRC class first time. Uh, be, or happy to be part of the community. So we're definitely happy to have you a- in the community. Um, guys, I want to uh, share something with you. So Nick Barker had a really uh, fun idea last night and um, uh, just to share it with you guys. So in Simply Cyber has like a thousand videos. I'm not even being hyperbolic. Like it's, it's something like 998 or, or, or over a thousand now. And um, I've only had one video Yes, J Dub. We got we got James. We'll bring James on. Uh, he's going to be coming to Charleston actually soon, and uh, I don't know if your schedule is going to afford it. But if you you can come to my house and we can we can do it in the studio. Um, so he, here's the deal. I have one video uh, that's been uh, copied uh, or, or uh, removed from the community guidelines violation. Right, like like right. I, I couldn't post videos for two weeks. I was like actually kind of like really uh, upset and nervous that Simply Cyber is going to get taken down. Uh, and it was basically, I agreed with YouTube after looking about it, but it was basically how to fish credentials, right? Like say you wanted to get like your spouse's Facebook creds or whatever, or, or you just wanted to like harvest creds. Um, and I used an attack platform and showed you step-by-step how to do it and like where the password was and everything. Like I showed you and, um, Nick Barker asked like, Hey, could you, could you do that on discord or could you do that somehow? And uh, I I thought about it, and what I'm going to do is, I I don't think that this would violate YouTube's uh, guidelines, but I was going to do a private stream and just share a link to it on Discord, and then do the thing, and then that'll be it. I could also just do it on Discord, share my screen and do it on Discord. But either way, um, I will do it, and I will... Uh, socialize it and promote it so y'all it's not like oh Jesus I missed it like why'd you do that Jerry? so uh, it's a fun little attack I'm sure many of you uh, professional pen testers and offensive security people are well aware of this technique but for those who are GRC or those who are blue or those who are looking to get in the industry it may be a technique that sounds uh, fun and and magical and and just seeing how it works is a lot of fun so um, I will set that up as soon as I get some time likely in uh, December I'm trying to take December off but but doing something like that to yeah, me is like fun. So cool. it would be yeah. not really work. Um, private broadcasting. Um, yeah, Nick Barker. Yeah, we're, uh, d- we can do it in the studio, guys. The studio's uh, lit. As soon as I get uh, <laughs> as soon as I get the lighting in the studio sorted out, it looks like the eye of Sauron is looking at me because uh, the windows right there. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but uh, yeah. Mrs. Ozier actually bought some custom blinds that she. I think she already put them in. Honestly, while I was out here. Um, yeah. So, anyways, straight crushing it, homie. What's everybody else up to out here? Um, if if I'm feeling, the love. I'm feeling the love, folks. Thank you very much. That that that's just making money. oh, everybody's loving on you, James. Yeah, they I, you know, I got to co-host more often. This is great. If you're in, if you're in West Virginia, go see my presentation. I'll take. I love it. I, I better be careful. I'm gonna find. I'm gonna like log in to do a show, and I'm gonna find out that you went live like five <laughs> minutes before. Well, <laughs> like. No. You,
2: did plug in that flash drive I gave you. so that was D-Logger. Yeah, 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 yeah. got all your creds, but... I'm,
0: I'm, I'm, I'm pwned there's completely.
2: No, there's no MFA here on your uh,
0: software. No. <laughs> so uh, a, cu- a couple quick questions from the community. Um, yep. uh, Funky Monk says, uh, When quantum computers in the hands of the NSA, will all threat actors collecting Bitcoin be easily exposed? So um, Funky Monk, n- no, because... Like the NSA already has quantum computing already, so don't sweat that. But, but the way that threat actors are exposed through Bitcoin, it's not about some deep, you know, c- um, computational um, grinding, right? It's much more about tracing the unique Bitcoin wallets through the blockchain, which is basically like a immutable ledger. Uh, to the point where they try to exit with the money, right? So there is a currency called Monero, which basically allows you to be kind of private but um, it, Not everybody's using it and like the tra- that you lose a bunch of money when you switch into Monero because there's fees and stuff but um, so no like quantum computing is not going to change the way threat actors get exposed uh, for their stuff again shout out to uh, Andy Greenberg or Andy Greenberg, yes, and his book Tracers in the Dark, I'm reading it right now, it is phenomenal. It's phenomenal, and it's all about tracing criminals through the blockchain, uh, even to the point where the first um, like they basic it's like basically like three or four case studies, right in the book. And the first one covers the first ever prosecuted, Uh, criminal where the blockchain was entered as evidence and it was basically like the the bloody dagger that yeah Yeah. Uh, and it was a dea agent uh who was uh you know basically yeah exactly exactly totally flipped the script on the game all right doing on discord will limit how many people we can see but i'm pretty sure that'd be all right Uh, that would be against youtube guidelines again yeah so i think so too we can do it on uh, Discord, um, you know, like guys, there's uh, what do we got? 237 people here. Um, team replay, like I, I don't know. I'll, we'll 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 figure it out. We'll figure it out, okay? So um, what do we got here? We got a couple more minutes. Any what?
2: what about putting up on I know it's, uh, can
0: can you do stuff like that on Twitch? Actually, I guess yeah. who gives a crap if Twitch yeah. like bans me? I don't care. Like I don't <laughs> use Twitch anyways. So um, yeah, we could do it on Twitch, Be sec. Uh, Let me know uh, if you think that'll work. Um, What's that, bro? Oh, yeah. There's the book. Yeah, that's the book right there Traces in the Dark. And uh, just like a mild flex, open. Don't worry about losing my page. Page uh, 177. 177. Uh, Open open to the first page. Just really quick. Just a little bit of a minor flex. Oh. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, but you know what?
2: You know what the difference between your book and my book is? No. Mine says two janks.
0: No, I know. Well, he didn't sign that for me. Josh Mason sent that to me. So, yeah, so. Anyways, it's still cool. It, it it's like very cool. so. I would like to get Andy Greenberg on Simply Cyber. I'm I'm starting Absolutely. to like yeah. you know get those like um, vision board goals yep. like Jenny Easterly obviously, um, and then Andy Greenberg and some other uh, key players uh, up in here. Uh, what is the name of the? Oh, okay, Andy Greenberg. Yep. Um, Simply Cyber for a raid after Jawjacking. Absolutely, we should raid. Um, let, let's do that in just a couple minutes here and we'll spend a few minutes raiding and then we'll uh, collectively peace out. Uh, mods, if you could drop a link um, that would be good so we can do that. Ooh, dark web stream. Okay, so we'll plan to do it on Twitch. Thanks, James, for the idea. Um, I need a sound bite. Have a good weekend, everyone. Thanks, Lazaro. Rivera, good to see you. If you guys are at Wild West Hack and Fast, please come by and say what's up. I'm wearing a Simply Cyber big red shirt today, so you should be able to I should stay down today huh? I'm Uh-oh. a red shirt gotta be careful. yep the British are coming uh thank you very much uh Jenny we got that all right good morning Kimberly can fix it hope everything is well Kimberly um yeah uh, sending uh good vibes and love uh to Kimberly today good good to see you Kimberly uh, let me give Kimberly is is jacks uh logging off all right Jax. safe travels be well all right let me give i'm gonna give kimberly a little uh a little this love little a little wow love <laughs> bye fallon watts good to see you all right kimberly we were just wrapping um interestingly and then we we're gonna do a raid um Definitely missed, yeah. Like, it would have been sick uh, for Kimberly. Uh, Her brother's here, Matt, we were hanging out uh, yesterday. He did not make it to the Simply Cyber Community meetup, but that's okay. we're We're uh, we're all about support and inclusion. I do want to point out Joe Hudson was in uh, attendance at the Simply Cyber Community meetup. He was really bummed out and uh, disappointed about the Vegas meetup and missing that. So uh, glad that Joe was able to make it and make it a priority, so. All right. Any final thoughts? Uh, uh, Ledon, L- Dun- Ledon, how to, what is that? Ladonica Reed asking about the name of the book. It's called Tracers in the Dark. Tracers in the Dark by Andy Greenberg. DP, I know DP, DP squad member. DP, what's up? DP came up to me after James and I talked the other day, introduced himself. Thank you, DP. Um, great to see you in chat. So Fred Green is asking, what is a raid? Great question since we're about to do one. Okay, so there is another uh, cybersecurity content creator named Neil Bridges. Neil does his streams on Twitch. His channel is called Cyber Insecurity. Cyber Insecurity uh, is a great show. It's, It's similar to what we're doing over here at Simply Cyber. It's like AMA and chill. And Neil's got a ton of experience in the industry and he is basically accessible to everybody. And a raid is where a group of people collectively go together at one time and basically raid his stream. Um, So when we go over there, I'll drop a link in chat in a minute. When we go over there, like typically what you do for fun is you get into chat and immediately say like hashtag simply cyber or hashtag raid or hashtag simply cyber raid. And we basically just announce ourselves. And Normally raids are malicious, uh, but we are all about good times and, and uh, community, so it's a it's a fun raid, right? So that's what's up there. So if you guys want to do that, I'm gonna drop a link in chat. Oh, Jenny Housley just dropped a link in chat, so uh, definitely go over there. You guys will enjoy Neil. He is a wonderful, um, he's a wonderful person. A lot of information. Um, he's come around on third-party risk management. I want to point out. Oh, just just cool. let the record show. Um, I was early on that. He was late. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so let's let's go ahead. I'm gonna go and bring this up on stream here. Oh my God, come on, man, bro.
2: So, uh, so at Noble Four, we, uh, as an organization, daily stand up, uh, stand up meeting with our CEO, and it's like done through a webinar, and we have we hear from our HR team uh, any anniversaries. And they must have just dropped my anniversary announcement because it's four years for me tomorrow at No Before. But they dropped it today, and my my uh, communication channels blowing up from work. Uh, everybody telling me happy anniversary. So yeah, it, while it's four years, it uh, it it feels longer, but it doesn't feel as long. So oh, here we go. Well,
0: and so just for a fun fact, James and I have only known each other for a year. We met last year at Black Hat for the first time. Never knew this guy. Now look at him. <laughs> Co-hosting, Co-hosting <laughs> Simply Cyber Live, or Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Brief it. Podcast. Yeah we're, yeah, we're killing it. All right, guys. Hey, I want to thank all of you. You guys crushed it all week. For those who couldn't make it to Wild West Hackenfest, you're here in spirit. We genuinely appreciate it. hope you can be here next year with us. I will absolutely be here. This is a in-pen, in-stone conference for me. If I can only go to one, sorry, DEF CON, Black Hat. Love you, mean it, but it's going to be Wild West Hackenfest all day, every day. Uh, guys, have a wonderful weekend let's go ahead and raid if you need it I'm gonna show you right now what the what the raid l- looks like so you guys can see that here is Neil's stream right here go on in the chat I can see uh Ike Garcia's in there cyber outlaws in there you guys are already raiding so let's do that um I'm Jerry he's James until next time y'all hold on let me we gotta see we gotta see we gotta see us yeah yeah all right so I'm Jerry he's James your chat until Monday y'all have a good weekend. And stay secure. Take care, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that content. Keep the cybersecurity train going by connecting with the other Simply Cyber community resources. We have the Discord server that's lively and always keeps the conversation going. You can connect with me directly on LinkedIn and also every single weekday morning on the Simply Cyber channel, we're doing live daily cyber threat briefings, 8 a.m. Eastern time, as well as Thursday at 4.30 p.m. We're doing live stream interviews with industry experts and we produce videos that we push out every Wednesday morning. I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. I hope you enjoyed the content and we'll see you in the next one.